Hi, I'm Rena Grobe. And I'm Madhvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, the podcast for lazy but smart people. Every week we'll be discussing a different trend or topic so you can stay informed the easy way. So, Madhvi, what's the topic this week? There was a massive protest in Berlin last week to do with bikes and bike lanes and the city's infrastructure because we now have a new government. There were anywhere between 8,000 people there, say the cops, and 15,000 people there, say the organizers. And it was a big cycle demo. And the reason for this is we've now got this new stupid government, which is CDU, SPD government in power in Berlin. And as soon as they came along, they decided to put all bike lane projects on ice. And we really do need bike lanes in a lot of places. It's a death trap in some places. If you look at Sonnenalli and stuff, I literally get off my bike there. It's awful. <laughs> so this means that the CDU politician, Manja Schreiner, she said, we're going to call off all new paths, basically. But many of them were deep into planning because they were from the last government. So for example... The one at Schornerhauser Allee, the contract had already been awarded, according to Morgan Post, which means that now calling it off means the company gets all the money, the construction company gets all the money, but we get no construction out of it. And another one in Leinikendorf, they already received 185,361 euros in federal funds. So that means that if we call it off, then we don't get a bike path, but also Berlin has to return the money to the federal government. The stupid new mayor, who's called Kai Wegner, said in a Spiegel interview, it's not a big deal. He wants more bike paths, but not bike paths that intentionally slow down cars. And this is where the problem is that Berlin and Germany in general is such a big car country. It is such amount of bullshit. The amount of money that the government gives and subsidizes to the auto industry, which is one of the biggest industries we have in Germany. It's not sustainable. They use up all our taxpayers' money. Coincidentally, like BMW, for example, is one of the biggest donors to the CDU and the FTP. And right now, even on a European level, Germany, because of their love of cars, are stopping really important EU laws that need to be passed about stopping combustible engines and stuff like this because of basically money and donors. And yeah, they say, oh, this will save jobs because we have a lot of jobs in the automobile industry. But come on, we can build a lot of other things. We can make a whole other infrastructure that is sustainable. and the future anyway, is electric and Germany is just slowing down all of the EU's aims, which are, by the way, to be carbon neutral in 2050. These like changes that they want to implement are by like 2035. So the car companies have a lot of time to do this. But then they're saying, oh no, we can't do it because jobs and we can't turn around our industry. First of all, why is that our fucking problem? to subsidize their business decisions. And second of all, Europe's top five car makers more than doubled their profits since 2019. The CEOs have got like 100% increases in their salaries and stuff. They've now gone into like selling bigger cars like SUVs and stuff and cut down on selling the smaller cars in order to increase profits. And despite this analysis done by The Guardian, they all say, oh, detoxifying the car exhaust emissions would send car prices 
up by 2000 and all of this crap. Wow, that was personal. Yes, because actually my life is on the line every time I ride a bike and every time I try and cross a road, every time I'm breathing in pollution. So globally, air pollutants such as particulate matter, which is PM2.5, and nitrogen oxides have been blamed for 6.7 million premature deaths and more than a million stillbirths each year as well as respiratory diseases, dementia, and mental illness. So these are people's lives on the line, and also my life on the line, and that's why, yes, it's fucking personal. (laughs) End of podcast. That was the episode. No, I think that Manja Schreiner is super interesting. First of all, I would like to point out something. So everyone keeps referring to her as the Minister for Transportation, right? This is incorrect. Her full job title is Senatorin für Mobilität, Verkehr, Klimaschutz und Umwelt. How can you combine those things? Yes. To translate into English, mobility, traffic, climate protection, and the environment. So everyone keeps referring to her as the Minister for Traffic, and that is not true. She is also supposed to be looking after the climate, and the environment. And here's where we run into the biggest issue with her. Okay, so let's dial back. Go back in time. Who is Manja Schreiner? First of all, I hate the name Manja. That's not her fault, but it's really difficult to pronounce, and I dislike it. I dislike her face. It's so punchable. Indeed, she has like a, a villain face. Her dad worked for the DDR, so she's from the East. He worked in Düngungsunternehmen, so he was in the fertilizer business, which, I don't know. She is a lawyer. Now, do you want to guess what her very first job was? Maybe I set that up too much, but it's still tax kind of Tax lawyer. No, she wasn't a tax lawyer. She was a lawyer for AIDA. You know the cruise ships? Ah. They're terrible for the environment. They are one of the biggest polluters there are. These massive cruise ships, Mm. they ruin the environment not just with their pollution, but with, like, the damage that they do to cities. They're terrible. So anyway, our minister for climate protection and environment, her very first job was working for AIDA. So according to the research that I did, she was a lobbyist. In 2007, she started lobbying for the Bundesverband der Deutschen Industrie, which is the Federation of the German Industry. Some information about the BDI. It was founded in 1949 to sort of counter the German trade union. So this is a woman who lobbied for people who are actively working against trade unions, which is also already a really great setup and not at all a villain arc at all. But also German businesses, like the biggest German business is basically the car industry. Yes. So basically she was a lobbyist for the car industry and this has not changed. So the BDI has 35 members, including the German Association of the Automotive Industry, the German Association for Natural Gas, Petroleum, and the German Air Transport Association. So yeah, she was lobbying for the bad people. So since 2008, she's CEO of the Fachgemeinschaftsbau, the Construction Employers and Constructions Industry Association. She also famously was against the Mietdeckel. She was also against the referendum to enteignen Deutsche Wohnen, which I believe we've done episodes about. So this is the woman who 
our new government in Berlin has put in charge of looking after our climate, looking after our environment, and most importantly, taking care of the cars in this city, which I'm sure she's, I mean, she's doing an amazing job at it. But the thing is, it's mobilität, right? Mobilität, yeah. Mobility. Mobility, yeah. This is what's annoying, is that mobility includes public transport, plus bikes, plus walking. So one of the things that they're doing, this new government, is there's this one crosswork in Berlin that actually works. Just one. Because all of the rest are not timed right. You press the buttons, they don't do anything. Like, it's a mess. You know, you start walking when it turns green and... I don't know, in two seconds it's red again and you're middle of the street and the cars are like running you over basically. But one of these crossroads works as should be in any city. We have them in London, like at Oxford Circus. It's the one at Kochstraße, Friedrichstraße and all the pedestrian lights turn green at the same time so you can walk diagonally and, you know, straight and everything. They're going to get rid of that. Why? Because mobility, no idea. And then they don't want to make any bike lanes that would take away one car parking space. However, one car parking space can hold about 20 bikes. And also in Berlin, we have like quite a good split of people who use public transport, walk or bikes or also cars. In fact, less people use cars. There is a great YouTuber. His name is Tech Alter. We will link to him in our show notes. He is such a geek. He has basically done a whole episode on this in Berlin with a lot of figures and this massive spreadsheet, all linked and all open source information. And it's amazing. So this is according to his video. He says that there are 34 cars per 100 residents in Berlin, whereas 42 residents out of 100 take public transport at least two times a day. So basically you have more people taking public transport. In fact, a government study published last week found that the number of trips by car are slightly below the number in 1991, and car trips between two points within Berlin city limits dropped even further to 78% of the figure in 1991. And when looking at the total number of movements within the city by any method, only 24% of trips within the city were with individualized motor vehicles in 2018. The rest were by bike, by foot, or with public transport. So actually, with all this concentration on cars and car parking spaces and all this stuff, it's not taking into account actually how most people in cities get around, especially this city. The car drivers are in the minority, yet they get all the car parking spaces and everything. And then a lot of car... This is turning into a rant, but it needs it. <laughs> and then a lot of car drivers are like, yes, we paid road tax, but according to Tech Alter, who I love, he's done all these calculations. Do you and think he's single? Definitely he's single. If you're listening, find us. <laughs> no, I mean, definitely he's single. I mean, I love him, but not in, in that way. Pardon uh, me, interrupted you. Continue. That would be weird. But yeah, we could be friends. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, first of all, most people who own a car, 52% of them drastically underestimate how much that car costs them so he takes volkswagen golf which is a really tiny really efficient kind of car that costs about eight thousand a year personally to the owner and over the course of 50 years that would cost about half a million at least which is about 30 to 40 percent of a lifetime's income 
of, you know, most people, the average income. But what's even more annoying to me personally is that society, so us as taxpayers, we subsidize that car by 5,000 euros per year. And you can see his stats on this because whatever road tax the drivers pay does not actually sufficiently cover the cost of construction of those roads and maintenance and parking spaces and infrastructure and take into account, you know, accidents and also air pollution, right? So we are subsidizing the car drivers. Plus, they are occupying our public spaces with their private property, basically. And like in Amsterdam, if they were actually paying this, like, you know, the renting of this space, a normal car driver, it would cost them about 3,600 in Amsterdam, right? But what they actually have to pay is 535 euros. That's a massive difference. But then in Berlin, it's really extreme because only some areas require, like, paying to park. Mm-hmm. And in Berlin, the cost of euros per year that this averages out to for the driver is 10.2 euros a year. That's it. Whereas this space could be used by all the other people. It could be used, first of all, by businesses for cafes and stuff. They could rent it out. They could give us the money. It could be used to plant trees. It could be used for bike lanes. Imagine if there were no cars, you could turn every street into a Spielstrasse for the kids. That's not good. Why not? I don't really don't want to hear kids screaming and yelling in the streets. Uh, I think, but now they're just screaming and yelling in my courtyard. So if they could be in the street, that would be better for me. I was just in Cambridge visiting my brother, Cambridge, Massachusetts, not in the UK, and they have built out their restaurants and stuff on the street super nicely. They have left it. I assume this is like left over from COVID, but they've just kept it, and it's super nice. It makes the street look visually a lot more appealing than if it was full with cars. Like, it's genuinely nicer to see the the city bustling with life and, and, and humans. Of course, and it builds community also, yeah. because in a car, you are by yourself. That's what Taxi Driver, uh, Paul Schrader's Taxi Driver, was about intense loneliness. He's moving through New York, filled with people, but he's completely isolated. The car completely isolates you. And if you do need to use a car, you can use WeShare. You can buy a public transport, 49 euro pass. You can rent bikes. You can buy a bike or a taxi. We really do not need this private property of cars. It is just irresponsible. I think that the relationship with between Germans and cars is super fascinating because I know that Americans also have a thing with cars, but I do think that owning a car and specifically what type of car you own is a massive status symbol here. So where I'm from, down in the South, people will save up extreme amounts of money just to buy a fancy new car, whereas they'll neglect other aspects of their life. I can see how this is reflected in sort of the decision that people like in the CDU make, not thinking it's good, not saying it's correct, but there is a weird identity here connected to cars, not just about the car you own, but more specifically to the automobile industry. There is a lot of pride. There is a lot of like, I don't even know what the right word is, a sense of ownership because, you know, Germans invented the car. Mercedes is the inventor of the car. So there's this like feeling like it is part of our culture. It is part of our society. It is part of this country. Yeah, it's part of German inventiveness, of course. But the Germans have to continue inventing stuff because everyone's like, oh, now e-cars, China's going to overtake the Germans. The Germans, yes, they invented good cars, fine. They can't just stop 
laws and the progress of our society to be cleaner and and more responsible by just being like, we're going to hang on to this. It's a very unique relationship in this country too, because I think a lot of times people make comparisons to different countries like the Netherlands, which have really good bike infrastructure. Again, not an excuse for the way that the infrastructure is, but I think that it's super fascinating, this really interesting relationship between Germans' appearance and cars. Yes, but also what the Germans sort of neglect in this image, um, there's a really, really great journalist. His name is David de Jong. He wrote this book called Nazi Billionaires, The Dark History of Germany's Wealthiest Dynasties. And basically what BMW and Porsche and all these companies, these German companies, leave out of their public image and also on their company websites and everything is the fact that all, all of the founders like uh, Ferry Porsche or Quant, um, I think it was Gunter Quant or Herbert Quant, who saved BMW, they all committed war crimes. They spend like millions of dollars on branding, but they absolutely do not own up to their past at all. So for example, Ferdinand Porsche persuaded Hitler to put the Volkswagen into production. And his son, Ferry Porsche, who built up the sports car company, was an SS officer by choice. Herbert Quant, who made BMW what it is today, and his grandfather, Gunther, were involved in war crimes. They used forced concentration camp labor in their factories. And Friedrich Flick, who later controlled Daimler-Benz, also did the same stuff. Although Flick was actually sentenced in Nuremberg. And what's funny is, now, people know this, but they still are so loyal to BMW and want to continue to feed this dynasty that refuses to be transparent or come to terms with their fucking Nazi past. Quant, for example, they sponsor one of Germany's biggest media prizes, and a lot of prestigious journalists are on this panel. Like, how about a reckoning here? For this prize, Stefan Quant, who is, you know, who still benefits from, from BMW, this is one of Germany's wealthiest families, says his father's life's work justifies it. And that life's work, by the way, includes the fact that in their factories, 57,500 people were exploited in forced labor. But no mention of that. I mean, it's a point you mentioned, but I think people a lot of times really forget that like the evidence of the automobiles industry's ties is like... VW is Volkswagen. It was the car for the people during the Third Reich. Like, it's it's not even a hidden fact, you know? It's not even, oh, you have to dig in history. It's literally plainly there for everyone to see and no one cares. Even recently, they had that massive scandal with the emissions stuff. They were saying cars were low emission when basically they weren't. Mm. And they got sued a lot in the US for, like, basically fraud. And still, the Germans are like, yes, I want a BMW or a Mercedes or a Volkswagen yeah. or an Audi or, like, a, a Porsche. There's a weird sense of national pride tied to it, for sure. Yeah, give it up. Jesus, give up the yeah. cars. Let the rest of us breathe and live. I have neither a car nor a driver's license. I am always continuously shocked when I learn the prices of a car. I have no realistic idea, because I've never owned a car, of how much gas costs and how much insurance costs. It seems wild to me that you would take on this additional cost. And also, unlike a property, it depreciates. A car always depreciates. It's really one of the worst. There are two two bad financial decisions that you can... Uh, three, actually. There are three very bad financial decisions you can make in your life. One is getting divorced. That will kill you. Number two is children. Very expensive. 
And number three is buying a car. All of those are losses. Don't do it. Okay, note to self. Just keep men away from you because it seems like they are the common denominator in all of these things. I feel like men typically like cars. I'm stereotyping massively. But it always seems to be cis straight men that love cars. No, women love them too. I know women who love them, especially German women who love them. But why? I guess because it's like you feel like you're in charge. It's probably the most powerful machine you're going to be in in charge of or be able to drive. It's a power thing. Okay, that seems a bit bizarre to me, but to each their own. I guess people are not in charge of their own lives. Like if you ever have those dreams where you're sitting in the back of a car where somebody else is driving or you're trying to like drive from the back of a car that just means you're kind of out of control of your life so if you're in the driver's seat like you you have a feeling that you're in control of your life which I think a lot of people need I also saw like a really interesting art exhibition where they took you know the lights of a car Mm -hmm. like the headlights and the rear lights and how they're designed and they compared them to wild animals like pumas and lions and things like that. Ah. They sort of juxtapose the two things and there is something like animalistic and sort of... Yeah, they do that in car commercials a lot. They have like yeah. a panther and then the car comes around the corner. And there are a lot of car commercials, like it's also about status, car yeah. is status. Oh, 100%. And a lot of our society runs on status. And then I think there is something, we live in cities and we live such contained lives where we don't like express our animalistic selves. So we then sublimate that and do it via buying things and then sitting in the car Mm. and that being an expression of our freedom and our sort of animalistic power, maybe. Great. Well... My anxiety doesn't allow me to have a car. It's so scary being on the road for me. I don't have those dreams because I've also never had a car nor have had a driver's license. So it's not even in my like imagination to be driving a car. I've never had those dreams before. I'm also too anxious to bike because I don't trust cars. I'm so happy to bike at my parents' house in the countryside. love biking. In these cities, have you seen these car drivers? They have absolutely no respect. They don't give a shit about people on bikes. Well, they've got bike lanes. Yeah, but... They're not very great. They're fine. Okay, I'm scared. In Prenzlauerberg, they're fine. Yeah, but I have to go to, like, other places now Where? because my office is far away. You I'm, can go through Teagarden. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a, I'm a public transport kind of girl. I've always been and I always will be. And I'm happy with that. Let me tell you something. All of my life, people have been telling me how hard and difficult my life is going to be if I don't have a car or I don't have a driver's license. The only situation in which I have wished that I had a car or driver's license is when I've had to move. And that does not happen frequently. So I have lived and I have not needed a car and I am fine. Well, most people do not because 80% of the population in developed countries live in cities which have a perfectly fine infrastructure for if you need to get around. Plus, if you need to move or go anywhere, you can take a taxi, you can hire a mover, somebody else can drive for you, and you're going to save a bunch of money over your entire lifetime by just not participating at all. And on that note... Here are three things you can do this week to be a better person. Please don't buy a car. You can use Share Now. You can buy a Deutsche Bahn ticket. You can subscribe to the BVG. You can get a bike. And it's going to be way, 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 way cheaper for you and less cost on society. Thing two, this new transport minister is ridiculous and the expansion of the highway and all of these reforms that have now been stopped we need to take political action so 
We will link to some resources in our show notes, but if you could write letters, protest, we need to stop this bizarre and harmful new government we have in Berlin. Number three, don't vote for the CDU or FDP. It's pure corruption because their biggest donors are BMW. Thank you for listening. Until next week, goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also help us by supporting us on Patreon for as little as four euro a month. Visit patreon.com slash misinformed. For links to all our sources and for our personal tips on what to watch and read, subscribe to our weekly newsletter at misinformed.substack.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed or email us your feedback, requests, or just to say hi misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.